Are you a new or aspiring woman leader that wants to make a successful leap into leadership? Do you want to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so that you can become the kind of leader other people want to follow? Welcome to The Leadership Leap, a show that is all about helping women to become more confident about making the leap into leadership. Now, here is your host, Leanne Pico. Hey there, Leanne Pico here with The Leadership Leap. Welcome. We have a very, very cool show for you today. Um, Before we get started, I just wanted to say, how you doing? Are you keeping safe? Are you feeling healthy? I hope you are. Uh, It's a very strange time for us. And um, I just wanted to do a little reminder, because some of you are at home trying to manage work, kids, possibly, or, you know, being isolated from your friends and family. And um, I don't know about you, but I am finding it exhausting. Uh, This pandemic is tiring. There's a lot going on. And so um, just wanted to say maybe we need to stand down on our expectations for ourselves. Hey, and kind of think about, you know, looking after ourselves first. I often talk about, you know, on the airplane, putting on your own oxygen mask before you can help other people. And this is one of those times, right? We're in an emergency situation. How can you support people in your life, even your workplace? And if you're a leader, the people you support, if you're not being looked after. So just a little bit of um, an invitation to rest, relax, Uh, Take it easy when you can. Uh, Be productive when you've got it and then uh, set it aside and go for a walk or play with your kids or read a book when you don't. Anyway, so just wanted to say that because I I see a lot of women, particularly a lot of men and women actually uh, in my network are are really struggling right now. So um, looking after you is a a key priority. So now I'm going to thank my guests from last time before I talk to you about today's show because... Today's show is is a little bit different, so I'm looking forward to sharing that in a second. But I want to say thank you to Lisa Fenton from Powered by Possibility. Um, Lisa, it was pretty awesome because she she gave us some really great advice and information about negotiating your value. And often we talk about negotiating your value in terms of a raise or in terms of money. Um, But Lisa really helped us understand that there are a lot of other things that we can negotiate in order to create the conditions in the place that we are working that actually support us both in our professional development, our personal development, but also in terms of balancing our, our various aspects of our lives. So that was awesome. And then Michelle Bevan was here with her segment, What's Your EQ? And she gave us some amazing tips for uh, being more empathetic in leadership. And hello, right now, <laughs> empathy is key. And we're talking a lot about it. Um, but it's it can be hard to do in this climate. And as a leader, it's hard to know, you know, what does empathy look like? And is there, can you be too empathetic? Find out. Uh, by listening to it and you can check it out on our Leadership Leap show page. Um, Also on the show page, you have access to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, your favorite podcast provider. So I suggest you download the show and go for a walk and have a listen. So today's show, we will be um, talking with Christina Secchi-Fio with her segment, The Inclusion Zone. We're going to continue our conversation about empathy Um, But we're going to consider it with a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. Christina's got a very unique take on this and a very interesting philosophy around empathy and its relationship to inclusion. So make sure you stick around for that. Um, But now we're going to have our Who Thought It Best segment. 
the segment where we don't care what you wear. We care what you think. And um, uh, I'm a little nervous because <laughs> we're switching roles today. Myself and Tina De La Santos, our um, engagement specialist and community manager in the, in the Leadership Leap, are swapping chairs, as you will. And Tina is going to interview me because I have something new and different that um, we've been launching in our in our community. So, Tina, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Leanne. I'm happy to be here. Yes. Well, and 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 I'm happy that you're here, but I'm a little bit nervous because I'm... You should be. I'm, this is going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we are going to um, talk more about um, something that I've launched this week uh, called... Well, it's called The Leadership Leap, and it's related to our show. Um, but we also... We've changed it. We made some changes. So I'm going to, I'm, I've asked Tina to kind of ask me questions so that I'm not just talking at you and also because she's an excellent interviewer. So Tina, I'm going to hand over to you right now. Well, thanks so much, Leanne. I appreciate it. So is this my show for today then? <laughs> <laughs> it's all your show. Go. I'm going oh, and getting a cup excellent. of tea and I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this first. As you always ask me, Leanne, who thought it best this week? Oh, we totally thought it best, Tina. <laughs> I think we're making it best. I think we are. We're we're um and and you know it's a little tongue in cheek there, of course. But I do think um, we've tried to be responsive to what's been happening. But in in actual fact, we had been shifting our model of delivery for um, the last few months, and um, we're just really happy about the timing of being able to launch this. Right. Right. So tell me about it. What is it that you're launching? Okay, so we are launching a an online community of practice, which is the Leadership Leap. So previously, we had a program that um, it. So I had developed a co- uh, essentially a course and a program that had videos and group coaching, um, and it was about. I was it was about five hundred dollars a person to take part in that course, and I had a, a lot of people have gone through it and they've loved it and they've graduated. Um, but one of the things that I realized was it can be a big um, outfront cost for people, particularly mm-hmm. if they're aspiring, they're not a leader yet. Or I also have worked with a lot of the women in the community are you know they don't want to ask necessarily their HR folks or their leaders for the money to do it because they're trying to build their own leadership skills themselves in order to line themselves up for a promotion. So um, so just decided to move to a community model. And um, yeah, so very excited about that. And congratulations. This is very Thanks. exciting. Uh, and what is it that people will be learning on, on this platform? Oh, okay. Or so that's a good <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so we'll still we have sev- we have three levels of membership. The first is a free level, and people will be able to get a um, a weekly a weekly leadership inspiration. We're doing that right now, but it's kind of going to advance into more of a weekly leadership guide with some tips and resources. And uh, I I do a blog that I'll send out. Um, also, they will never miss the radio show, which is you know 
of course, the most important thing. Um, And then also, um, we are introducing for all three levels, um, a weekly story slam, which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, Second level, it is a paid level, but we're going for $10 a month. And um, it's so exciting. I have some women collaborators who are coaches themselves. So one, um, yeah, so one of which is Susan Crawford, who was here a couple weeks ago. She'll be offering a leader in your own life program. So helping women to kind of build their self-confidence, grow their self-awareness, focus on self-care and balance. And then Gurpreet Kaurman, our HR superhero, she's going to be offering free career coaching on a monthly oh, basis wow, as well. Yeah, so that's super exciting as well. And also, and then the the, the other thing, not the last thing, because we'll be always uh, adding stuff to this, but I'll be offering something called the Leadership Sandbox. And... Um, and again, I'll talk about that in a second. And then we have a third level, which is um, it's only $20 a month. And you get all of those things, plus the Leadership Leap online program, which is a community forum, private community forum to kind of show your work and 20 plus videos on leadership, um, tried and tested. So you can self-directed learning, but with support from me. So lots of stuff. I hope I haven't Lots just bored everybody with all, I'm just so excited with all the things. <laughs> and so it's, it's basically a community of practice for um, professional development focused on leadership. Would yeah. you say that's it? For sure. And so for why, sure. Did, why did you decide to do this one? Well, you know what, um, what I've been seeing is a lot of, and, and just to say that we started it, the leadership leap has really focused on new and aspiring leaders and we still have that focus but we're bringing current leaders into. Um, and so the reason for this shift is uh, there's a few different reasons. One, um, I think the number one reason is what I've seen, especially in the last year, and what I experienced myself when I was a senior leader was uh, there's a lot of loneliness in women's leadership. And so we come across a lot of women who are just, you know, uh, and I've talked to especially like women of color who may be the only woman of color at that level in their organization and they're, and women who have kind of moved up and they're trying to navigate a very male-dominated culture. Um, you know, in the leadership leap, we, I had a number of women working in engineering and utilities and things like that. So um, mm-hmm. that's another piece. It's kind of like, how can I be me in the midst in when I'm the only woman leader here? Um and I guess secondly, um, the piece, and again, that's for current leaders too, because I've, I, a lot of women were kind of like, I would, I'm not new and aspiring, but I'd really love to have a community where I can still learn and share and, and even mentor the next generation. Um, well, absolutely, and and you know, once people become leaders, that doesn't mean that their learning is done. There is still so much more that we can learn and different skills that we can develop and improve our leadership. You know, no matter if you've been a leader for a month or 20 years. For sure. For sure. And that's the thing, like we do consider leadership a journey um, and mm-hmm. that it's a it's a lifelong learning. Like I, I was a, an executive director for 15 years and a manager project coordinator for five years before that. And I'm still learning now. Like I, there's right. still lots to learn. And also leadership changes. Like we're in a different time and we can see right now, right? The people leaders are rocking it. Um, where right now in this crisis, whereas those who are, you know, don't feel as confident about people or maybe are more technically focused are struggling, right? 
Absolutely. It's um, people are, we need, yeah, we need people leaders right now. And that's it, you know, ties to your, your empathy theme over the last few yeah. weeks. It's really uh, a critical skill in leaders today, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and so the uh, the other thing is around um, for women is to have a safe space to try stuff out. Because when we're becoming a leader or when we're a new leader or even when we are a leader, like, and I talk about imposter syndrome a lot where we feel like a bit of a fake and like, you know, somebody might find out that we really aren't very good. Um, and it's just yeah. a story. It's not real. Um, but I think uh, sometimes in corporate leadership development, when people are all in the same room, um, people are, they don't want to be vulnerable or they don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be in a position where other folks kind of see their weaknesses. And so, especially depending on that culture, um, that's changing, but not fast enough necessarily for people to feel comfortable all the time, kind of sharing their insecurities around leadership. Mm -hmm. So I also want to provide a safe space for women um, to kind of talk about that and to talk about, you know, what what's happening for them and what how they're experiencing being a leader and um and just kind of yeah have a you know have a a sisterhood around them you know so that they it's a really you know a nice safe space but a supportive one too so when you say that they can try stuff out what does that mean exactly like what what does that look like inside that community of practice Oh, okay. So that's the, so there's two things this where we can talk about the story slam. Um, So that's gonna be a weekly thing. And that's for all level. everybody who's in the community can take part in the story slam. And um, I, I, you know, I was previously I did story coaching and uh, had, funnily enough, the previous radio show uh, was on story. And uh, for those of you who are listening, do check out those that backlog, not backlog, that's not the right. (laughs) <laughs> That's terrible. Okay. The what is the word? The back library, whatever the word is. Um, archive. Pardon. Archive. Thank you. The archives for the Story Powered <laughs> Show. Lots of stuff around story there. Um, but storytelling is a skill that we're trying to like you know develop. But also, it's a the story slams are a space where people can share their stories, but we can also find the learning and the healing in them. Um, they can try out their storytelling skills and um, just learn together. And then secondly, for um, our paid members particularly, and the reason why we're doing this for the paid members is because um, really want people to um, commit to, to doing this stuff. And also, um, it's a little more time um, from, from our end. Um, we're going to do a leadership sandbox. And so that's a monthly session. It's a 90-minute session where people can come. I will create, um, I'm the instructor for that, and I'll create um, scenarios or we'll do group work, group activities, or, um, you know, think about case studies, uh, ways of learning about leadership, exploring Mm -hmm. leadership, and developing our skill set. So it's a a bit of a deep learning dive every month. Um, And then in the, um, for the people who, so we've got the kind of, hop, skip, jump packages for people in the jump package, which is the higher level package. They also have the community forum where they can share their work with me and with other people. Um, we do stuff like what are your top values? What's your legacy that you want to leave behind? Stuff like that. So lots oh, of wow, spaces to play and try stuff out and learn. And you're calling it a community of practice. So is the idea that 
I mean, you do have, um, you know, experts and coaches and that sort of thing all on leadership in the room, but is the idea as well sort of like a communal learning, like learning together? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, um, and I don't know other people know this, but I finished my master's of education last year. Um, and I spent five years and many years as a leader learning about learning. And uh, one of the things that I think that we focus on a lot is that formal learning. And I know that a lot of organizations now um, and a lot of my, my learning and development colleagues, uh, we're trying to mo- move to a more blended learning approach. And what that means is that we learn all the time in different ways. We learn socially, we learn formally, uh, we can learn through conversation. Um, I'm personally a big advocate of learning through story. Um, and, mm-hmm. and there's actually a lot of scientific evidence that you learn through telling your story and hearing stories. So, you know, that's yeah. a big piece for us. Um, but yeah, it's a learning while doing because a lot of people, like a lot of the things in the in the leadership leap, for example, some of the videos, um, mm-hmm. I have created experiential activities for people to go and try stuff out. So if in particularly something like empathy, there's a video, here's an exercise, uh, deep listening, here's a video, go try it out. So yeah, so we're, there's we're real kind actionable of, things that are in there that people can take away try out and come back and talk to others about it, how they did and what they learned. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We, it's, it's important for us to know that we're all learning. Like we said, leadership's a journey and we're all on it. And so, um, again, just having a, a space to play and try stuff out and share our successes and failures. Well, that's, you know, that's going to elevate people's actual ability to lead, I think. That's amazing. And so how would you differentiate this from, from other kind of like leadership training? Like how is it well, different? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, there's a lot of fantastic uh, leadership folks out there. And just, you know, um, I just want to give a shout out to all of my leadership um, trainers, coaches, um, colleagues in the world who are really struggling right now because it's uh, this virus has kind of wiped out a lot of people's work. Um, mm-hmm. All of all of the work people are doing to create better leadership is important. Uh, for me, this this piece it's different in terms of um, it's accessible for that uh, for new and aspiring leaders. So in a lot of companies, we just don't have the like they don't have a big budget for people who want to become a leader. Um, they right. may not have this space. And, you know, so in a lot of companies you have, like you have something called, um, you know, they people look and go, who's a, a high potential, for example. Well, mm-hmm. one of the challenges is for women is, um, you know, how we come, how we are, uh, how we present sometimes doesn't look like the kind of leadership that's there already. And right. so then we're not identified as high potentials. Right. We're not identified as people who could become great leaders. Um, So the difference here is we're active. Pardon? Sorry, it's it's the lens, right, within the organization, the lens of um, sort of qualifying who looks like a leader and who doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, So the thing is, is around, you know, creating a space where women can kind of learn together, collaborate together. You know what I mean? It's kind of thinking Mm -hmm. about um, enabling women to identify for themselves. 
Right. Whether they want to engage in leadership development. Now, I'm not, you know what, we're po- totally open. We think it's a great community for um, women in companies. You know, if 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 you're listening and you're an, a learning and development person or HR person, you say, hey, you know what, I've got 100 women here that I would love to put through this. Welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Um, yep. But it's just we're, we're actively trying to learn in different kinds of ways, make it more accessible. And as we can see, like a lot of people want to learn virtually. They want to learn in a self-directed way um, and they want to be able to dip and dip out when it works for them. So that's the other thing is that we're just moving from a formal learning structure to a more um, kind of blended learning accessible approach for people. And they can dip oh, wow, into what they want. They can choose the, the level they want to participate. They can choose what they want to learn. So it's all about, oh, um, you know, women taking control of their own leadership journey and not relying exactly. on others to, to kind of exactly. decide. Exactly, and there's options. This is sort of self-directed in that, you know, you can select the level that you want and you can participate at the level that you, that you feel comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about these story slams that you mentioned earlier? Yeah. So, okay. So um, one of the things that I do (laughs) when I'm like, I know, I'm very excited. I get very excited about these things, (laughs) as you can tell. Um, One of the things that I do at conferences and uh, when I keynote or in training sessions is we do a kind of sharing of... um, Worst leader stories and best leader stories. Okay. (laughs) And um, for one reason, it's quite fun. Uh, And we always start with the worst leader, right? Because uh, it's really important. Like people, when they attend leadership stuff, they're just like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. But can you do something about that person (laughs) over there that leads me? Um, And so we get a little distracted by, um, by that sometimes. But there's a lot of learning uh, that we can pull from, you know, bad leadership and great leadership. So that's what we're we're going to be. And a story slam is basically uh, dropping a story and then another person drops a story and another person drops a story. So I'll be supporting people um, kind of with, you know, in advance. I'll send tips on developing your story. Um, we'll be doing it every week. Um, one week we'll do it at around lunchtime. Another week we'll do it in the evening and then we'll switch it up again, uh, just so people can access it. But it's a, basically a fun space to share and to, and we're not naming names. It's not about judgment. Like we're not judging. Um, we may laugh. We may laugh a lot, um, or cry. I don't know which way it could go either way. (laughs) (laughs) Those are very closely linked. Yes, they are very closely linked. Um, But but it's not about that. It's not about um, calling anybody out. It's a a space where we can just, you know, know that we're not alone. Uh, I I see a lot of people unable to talk about poor leadership in their organizations because it's too hard. There's too many people around. Or we end up in a kind of a grumbling session. So this is not that either. This is where we're going to actively, let's pull the learning. What can we learn? What lessons can we pull from these stories? Yeah, and companies often, um, lots of organizations often are not willing to be vulnerable and to hear, you know, um, staff, uh, team member feedback when, you know, poor leadership has taken place. And it's a lost opportunity because there's so much to be learned from that for the leader and for the team. And, you know, leaders aren't infallible. Everyone's going to make mistakes. So it almost sounds like this platform is an opportunity to take that story that you may not be able to discuss 
in a fruitful way from your organization, bring it here and talk about all the learnings from either that you know, moment of great leadership or that moment of really bad leadership. Yeah, totally, totally. Absolutely. And that is such a good point, Tina, because, you know, it, it, so we can't share it with the leader themselves. And we can't share it with our colleagues. Like, where do we put it? And so exactly. it's, it, you know, we go home and have a glass of wine and, or a bottle, like who knows how bad the leader is. <laughs> yeah. So what we're yeah. saying is have your glass of line, wine with us and let's tell stories together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and maybe not uh, the lunchtime one. I don't know. I don't know whether I should suggest that. But. <laughs> We're all at home these days. Nobody's going anywhere. So. Yeah, that's so true. We can start early. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's driving. So, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I feel like when, not to dwell on the story slam, there are so many amazing things going on in this um, in this community of practice. But um, there's the other missed opportunity is healing from it because I don't know about you, but there have been moments in my career where a leader has done something and not to vilify them. It could have been an innocent um, mistake um, or an oversight where it impacts you and it stays with you for a long time because nobody else can really relate the people in your life, like whether it's your partner or your friends, but when you're in this dedicated community, it sounds like we're kind of all on the same page um, and can also relate when something really great happens and the kind of impact it can have when your leader does something amazing um, to be able to share that too and to learn from that and to be able to figure out how to translate it and emulate it to become that kind of leader. So true. Such a good point. Because the thing is, is, and you're absolutely right, there is some healing. Storytelling heals. When you share our stories and we're heard, we heal. So absolutely right. And then, like you say, it's also sometimes people do things, and I talk a lot about intent versus impact. Sometimes we have an intention as a leader and the impact is different. And so what these stories also do is enable us to kind of look into them and kind of go, what do you think the leader meant to do that? Or Because sometimes, you know, we can get this very kind of you know, that leader's bad and that leader's good. And yep. it's not, it's messier than that. It's not that messy. Like it's, it's not that clean cut rather. It's there's something in right. the middle. So you're absolutely right. And that's why I, you know, I, we're offering it every week. And um, what, what I would like to say, so it's on zoom. So you do have to have to register for our community. So what, um, and we got okay. about, you know, just a, about 30 seconds to the break. So, um, and just to share with you, Tina and I are both working on this, as is our next guest and a few of our guests. Like, it's a women's collaboration. Um, so, you can go check out this new th- community of practice at theleadershipleap.net. And we recommend, I recommend you sign up for whatever level works for you. We recognize there's a financial challenge right now, which is why we've made it super cheap. Um, So you get all of the stuff for 20 bucks a month. That will probably change in six months time. So, you know, if not sooner. So we do need you to, you know, sign up at theleadershipleap.net. At least sign up for the the hot package, but jump in on, on any other package and, Tina and I will see you in there. Tina, thank you so much for the wonderful interviewing. I, I didn't feel nervous at all. Oh, good. I'm so glad I put you at ease, Leanne. <laughs> thank you. And I talked a lot. <laughs> so next time I'll let you talk more. And we'll see you soon, okay? Okay, good. okay thanks so much. Thanks, Tina. So just remember, go to www.theleadershipleap.net. Join the community and reduce your social isolation with some storytelling and some great learning. Talk to you after the break.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Leanne Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code RADIO for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Leanne Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code RADIO for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hey, welcome back. Liam Pico here, your host. And thank you so much to Tina for her wonderful interviewing. I'm not sure she got a word in edgewise because I'm just so darn excited about the new Leadership Leap. So I hope you'll go and check it out and I hope you'll join our community. Just sign up. Come on, join us. Um, but now I'm really excited to talk to one of my favorite people in the world, Christina Saki-Fio. And uh, she is here for her the inclusion zone. Sorry, I just blanked for a minute. 
that was one of those moments. Remember at the top of the show when I was talking about those moments where we lose focus? That was it. Um, Christina is here with the Inclusion Zone, and we're going to be talking about empathy. And I'm super excited to hear more about Christina's viewpoint on why empathy is a cornerstone for diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about Christina first. So a reminder that Christina Sacchifio is the principal consultant and owner of Boldly Inclusive, a consulting and training firm specializing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Christina is a professional educator, strategist, and community engagement specialist, and she has a unique inclusion-first approach to designing, implementing, and evaluating complex diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. She also offers coaching for leaders that want to get better at inclusion. Um, And also, happily, Christine is one of our partners in the new Leadership Leap Community of Practice. And if you are looking for support with inclusion work in your organization to make sure that women are actually able to move into leadership positions, Christina's details are there. Um, And they're also on the show page. Christina, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's very exciting. I feel like we're having a tea party or something. (laughs) I get to hang out with my friends and talk about stuff. (laughs) Well, and congratulations to you, Christina, because, um, you know, I'm one of the things that I have loved about working with you and learning from you both on this show and also just generally is that you always get us to think a little bit differently about certain topics. And so empathy has been a it's and everybody's talking about it. Um, It's a leadership competency and we're all trying to and especially right now we're trying to figure out like what does it mean and how can we use it in leadership and also you know everybody's saying we need to be more empathetic to people because of the you know the pandemic Um, but you are kind of positioning it within inclusion so tell us Mm -hmm. about that so why do we need to think about empathy a little differently when we when we're talking about inclusion Yeah, that's a great question. A big one, but a great one. Um, Well, I think the answer to that is essentially that um, when we think about it, empathy is kind of a necessary precondition to being, to doing good inclusion work, right? Right. So essentially, um, you know, the ability to kind of put ourselves in others' shoes, it really unlocks awareness and it builds our understanding of how other people experience life, what their realities are. Right? right? So it kind of challenges our assumptions and allows ourselves to put ourselves in, in other shoes. Okay, so let me ask you about that because I was thinking about this mm-hmm. in relation to the show. Um, mm-hmm. We often talk about, and this is one of my um, questions around empathy uh, often, or not question, it's, well, it is a question, a discussion point. When we talk about being in somebody else's shoes, um, I always wonder if we can actually wear somebody else's shoes um, because we may think we can, but... Um, how do we, like, if I'm a size nine, how do I wear Mm -hmm. somebody else's size seven, right? So, um, you know, for me around inclusion, like, uh, there is a danger of people thinking Mm -hmm. that they know because some, because maybe they, they have heard some stories or they're part, they know somebody else's experience. So how does that work in inclusion? Yeah, I think, well, there, there are two ways of thinking about it from that perspective. So I think the first is thinking about um, empathy in terms of the connecting that happens between people, right? So when we think about, um, you know, when I think about my work, for example, when it comes to inclusion, often the first point of connection 
to that topic is the ability to think back to times where people have felt excluded, right? So you can think back right. to a time where we ourselves have been excluded, where people close to us have felt excluded or that we didn't belong or that we were not valued, which we know are, um, you know, indicators of inclusion. And when we're able to tap into that feeling and when we're able to really connect with it, that's when we realize what others are feeling when they feel that that. that feeling of exclusion, right, or when they experience exclusion. And that ultimately is what drives us to change, to want to become more inclusive. So look at it from that perspective. And then on the flip side of that, I think, comes to the question of what exactly are we talking about when we talk about um, empathy, right? So often when we think about empathy, we'll say, for example, you know, it's putting ourselves in others' shoes or it's that, that piece around connecting to others' experiences, to others' feelings, to others', you know, perspectives. But the definition that I like to use when it comes to empathy is compassionate empathy. And this comes from the work of Daniel Goleman and Paul Ekman, who are, you know, brilliant thinkers in this area. And when they describe compassionate empathy, what this is is it's a type of empathy where you can understand someone's situation, right? You feel for them and are driven to help them. So that said, compassionate empathy, it essentially means that our sense of understanding and our feelings must inspire us to act. So it's not just about kind of sitting in that feeling or thinking we can put ourselves in somebody's shoes, but it's the what now that happens after that. Oh, I love that because there is, Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and we talk about it, um, and one of my things, I'm struggling with the word ally recently. Um, I just, it feels so passive. Uh, so I've been talking a lot about advocacy. So mm-hmm. you're kind of tying into that too, which is, you know, it's not good enough to just sit over there and, and say, oh, I understand and not do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think that good allies are also good advocates. So I kind of see the two pieces, um, you know, coming together. But I I totally hear what you're saying, right? Like, it it definitely has to be actionable. It's the, you know, the so what and what um, that that comes out of that as a a brilliant friend of mine always likes to say. I love that. I love that. Okay, Mm -hmm. so how can, as a leader, how can Mm -hmm. a leader use empathy or utilize empathy to help kind of move the dial on inclusion in their organization like like how can they how can they make a difference an actual mm-hmm. difference yeah so I think um there there are a number of, of pieces uh with respect to that so I think the first is what we've just been talking about is how do we um you know build engagement how do we build buy-in how do we build ownership around the inclusion journey Right. right. Um, there are other pieces as well around um, what does this look like? How, what does the experience of building organizational inclusion look like in terms of the actual implementation of it? Right. So that gets us into pieces around, um, you know, for example, uh, change management, um, you know, learning and development, um, strategic partnerships and collaborations and things along those lines. Um, but I think the third piece of this puzzle as well is um, around how can we be more empathetic to ourselves too, right? Because, you know, if we right. are tapping into that allyship and that advocacy, um, we really need to be uh, mindful about how we ourselves are also going on a journey um, of inclusion, how, you know, as human beings, we will also be impacted by those journeys and how can we build our resilience and, and our focus and, and our sense of connection to that journey. Oh, I love that, Christina, because one of the things and, you know, 
I've been doing women's work for almost all of my life. And, um, you know, I know when early on in my career, I was very judgy of people and and um, often would be, um, yeah, very critical. Um, but and, and it's okay to be critical. Uh, I'm not saying that, but I think sometimes um, when we get into that spot, then we are we can't hear others. So the compassion for others is so important because thinking about, okay, how, and I'm not saying that we have to do the heavy lifting for other people in terms of like women of color, it's not there, it's not, you know, your job to, you know, teach me uh, necessarily, but it there is something about where we start in trying to develop mm-hmm. our conversations. Because I know as a woman, you know, uh, there have been times that, I, I haven't um, been compassionate with others. And then, like you say, and then also with myself and kind of saying, okay, you're learning. You don't know everything about that person's situation. Maybe, you know, it's okay not to, and maybe it's okay to make a mistake or ask a question that, you know, to find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as I'm listening to you, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself about, different sessions that I've delivered and, and some of the workshops that I've, I've had. So, you know, when people are, you know, confronting, so for example, I'll say um, unconscious uh, bias, for example, when people yes. suddenly realize that they have this bias that they've never really recognized previously, um, there's a lot that happens in that moment, right? You yes. have this moment of recognition. You might feel an element of guilt or shock, around it, um, you start wondering, you know, how many people have I affected by, by the, the assumptions that I've made, by the, the biases that, that um, you know, are inherent within me, you know, and that's something that can very easily break a person down. And what I end up seeing often is that, um, you know, folks either respond by, um, you know, with fear, right, because you're worried about making a mistake again. Yes. Or you might respond by sometimes, um, you know, resisting. You want to go back to what is most comfortable to you, where you felt safest, where you felt, um, you know, that uh, I guess you felt less threatened by, you know, this, this change that's happening around you. So you might resist a little bit. So yeah. in situations like that, and kind of like what you were saying earlier, it's not about judgment that's happening. What we want to do is we want to inspire change. So we need to be really mindful of how we understand where people are at, right? How we meet them where they're at, and then how do we now start to bring them along? What needs to happen in order to help build their capacity so that we can bring them along on this journey of of change and of inclusion at the end of the day? Love it, love it. And when you when you're talking about that, it reminds me of I did I once did an unconscious bias um, workshop myself, and I use a lot of experiential things, uh, exercises, mm-hmm. and that uh, I often come at it from a different direction, so people aren't necessarily clear why they're doing this exercise. They're not, so they're less worried about being exposed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I did this role play and I remember afterwards um, and it, there were like first responders in the room and community uh, folks. And one of the police men that were there, he, uh, we debriefed the exercise afterwards and he just went, Oh my God. And I just went, what? And he said, Oh, this is why we have to, you know, as police, we have to be. We have to understand this bias when we're carrying guns and working with black young men. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just like this look on his face. And I just went, yes. And I mean, to be honest, Christine, at that moment, I was like, I'm out. That's done. My career, this is my career moment. Excellent. <laughs> like, I was just like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I've waited my whole life to hear somebody say that. Um, but the look on, on his face. And so he got it. And so there was a, a deep understanding of that. But then I could see this kind of panic go over his face, too. Mm-hmm. Because he he was now carrying something for a system, and he's in the system, and he he probably didn't know what to do with it after the workshop. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's so fascinating because like as I listen, the first thing that comes to me it, it, or that that really resonates with me is you know that's what the empathy can do, right? That's how it unlocks that aha moment and says. This is what, you know, this is the impact of my actions. This is what it looks like to keep, you know, to maintain the status quo. This is what it's like, the power dynamics. Um, this is how it's being experienced by others. So yes. that empathy allowed for that aha moment, right? For now, sure. when we think about the compassionate empathy element of it, then we now start to think about, okay, now what changes? Right, mm-hmm. And we can start to have conversations about what are the possibilities for change? What are the ways in which we can do things differently? And in ways where everyone, you know, has that sense of, um, you know, being, being felt that they're being heard, that they're being understood, that they're being respected, that they're being treated fairly, um, you know, and equitab- equitably. How can you start to have those conversations um, and how can we do things differently? And I think that would be, you know, in that, that unconscious bias session, and this is why I love to do the coaching work, is the unconscious bias session or, you know, any kind of learning session regarding, um, you know, DEI allows us to get to that aha moment. And it's the coaching that happens afterward that says, okay, now we have all of this messy stuff that we have and that we've uncovered. What changes now? And that taps into that compassionate empathy element of of the work. For sure. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you're doing this work and you're available as a coach or um, within organizations, because here's the thing. And and it was and for me, I felt, you know, I felt kind of bad sending him like I was just there to do a workshop. That was it. And so the, the challenge with training and it partly ties into, you know, my community of practice um, idea mm-hmm. Um the challenge of training is that we have those wonderful aha moments and then that single person goes back to their workplace and what are they meant to do with it? So that individualized coaching is crucial to maintain, continue the learning and keeping it focused on DEI particularly mm-hmm. and on, on that, that inclusion first idea that, you, that you're so brilliantly um, pioneering. But secondly, um, I was wishing that we had sent this person back into an organization that was doing with work with somebody like you to kind of say, okay, I'm going to hold you, your hand through this. We're going to make this big change and I'm going to help you. Um, it's important to start at that individual level with that individual person having an aha, but we need mm-hmm. to create a system that enables them to influence and create change and be a change, Right. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yes, one hundred percent. Because ultimately, what ends up happening is if you don't have an environment that's welcoming of those kinds of dialogues and supportive of those kinds of changes, then what you're going to do ultimately is start to build up, you know, a well of, of frustration. At the end of the day, you'll have all right. of these potentially, 
you know, awesome inclusion leaders or inclusive leaders, sorry, I said inclusive leaders, like inclusive leaders um, who suddenly feel that, you know, this frustration because, you know, they want to be able to do things differently and better and more effectively, but they're not always able to do that because the system around them doesn't always allow for that. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, doing this work and having these conversations, I think, you know, it's really important to, you know, come at it from a human element and that one-to-one work of what does this look like, but then organizations need to also be having a similar and parallel conversation saying, okay, we know that we want to be inclusive. What does that mean? What does that look like? What do we need to do to be able to foster that? And I think, you know, when it comes to um, the inclusion first uh, framework, you know, the model, I think, allows us to really dig deep into those, those, those questions. I mean, it's five simple questions at the end of the day, but they're five simple questions that allow us to really start to, um, you know, really start to unpack, you know, who we are as organizations, where we want to be, and what the potential of, of these conversations can, can bring organizations moving forward. So, you know, it has to be organizational. But, it, you know, there's a lot that needs to happen as well when it comes to the one-on-one work so that we're not, um, we're not setting people up essentially to fail. We want them yeah. to succeed. Absolutely. And in a second, I'm going to ask you to tell us those five questions because it's been a little while because we had an inclusion. And just for any listeners, uh, Christina did an amazing show. Um, I think it was in January or was it December, Christina? I can't remember. I think it was January. Yeah, I think that was the January show. Yeah, inclusion first. So breaking it down. I'm going to ask you in just a second, but I wanted to comment on this because one of the things that, um, so there's two things. One is the compassionate empathy um, piece mm-hmm. where in leadership, I'm thinking it needs to be like that is key is for people who are decision makers in an organization to access their own ability to have compassionate empathy leads them to use their position, power, resources to make change. So I always say that it is absolutely crucial to do leadership development work like this with mm-hmm. individual leaders to help them get there. Um but I'm also wondering about what compassionate empathy looks like organizationally. So mm-hmm. let's do, like, tell us your five questions, and that might tap into it. That might help us get there. Okay. So um, in terms of the five questions for the inclusion model, the first is, what does inclusion look like for us, right? So that kind of takes us back to the beginning of our conversation where we started thinking about what does, um, you know, what it looks like to be excluded, right? What does that look and feel like? starting to tap into those feelings, those emotions, and starting to think about now what is the potential, the future, the potential future that we want to create as a result of that and why, right? Right. So what does inclusion look like for us is the first question. Second question, are people feeling included, right? So we don't want to make assumptions that they are, but we do want to start thinking about what, you know, the experiences of of our stakeholders. Third, how can we foster inclusive environments? So this allows us to look at our spaces, um, and the spaces in which we work, in which we, um, you know, work with, uh, you know, our, our clients, our partners, our, our public, um, and start to think about how we can foster more inclusion in, in those spaces. The third is how can we build inclusive cultures, right? And I think that taps into, um, you know, your, your last comment about um, inclusive leadership and what is the role of, of leaders in fostering those kinds of spaces because now we're starting to think about what are the, um, you know, day-to-day assumptions, what are the day-to-day practices, the things that we take for granted because they're just so deeply ingrained in the organization, right? So it allows us to interrogate that. 
And the fifth question is how will we know we're on the right track, right? So this is how we measure diversity um, in order to be able to track success. And when we go through that cycle, we're able to go back to the beginning and start to think once again, okay, we've hit the goalposts. Now let's look at doing even better, right? So it becomes a cyclical process. Awesome. And so I guess I think you've answered my question about how can we look at compassion and empathy on an organizational level as well, which is I'm going mm-hmm. to say that um, one is for leaders to find that personal empathy and that understanding mm-hmm. and then act on it through a process like the inclusion first process. So thank you, Christina. That's awesome. Because I think you like, and it's a beautiful process. I, I'm a huge admirer of your model and um, it actually addresses all the things that, you know, on each level that we need to build and ask and move on in order to have a culture that actually supports inclusion uh, and those leaders that, that do have, um, you know, they have that aha moment. Where can I put it? So thank you so mm-hmm. much, Christina, for, for both um, sharing the model, but also talking about empathy. Um, so if people are, and I know it's, you know what, I get it. it. It's hard times right now. Everybody's financially a little bit off the wall and figuring out. But um, I, I just want to put a shout out and say, please be careful of abandoning work like this. And that in actual fact, inclusion can help build health in your organization. Mm-hmm. So Christina, if, they, if people would like coaching, um, and or organizational development, where can they reach you? So two ways. First is through the website, uh, boldlyinclusive.co. So you can go to the contact form and you can reach me directly there. Um, and also LinkedIn as well. So um, easiest way to find me, just uh, search Christina Seckisio and uh, my profile should pop up. Awesome. Okay, thanks, Christina. I look forward to seeing you next month. Definitely will do. Take good care and thank you so much for having me, Leanne. Thanks, Christina. Okay, so just a reminder um, to check out Christina's website, and she's got a blog there, boldlyinclusive.co. And also come join Christina and I and a few other amazing women in the Leadership Leap community at theleadershipleap.net. Next week, we'll be talking to Hamad Siddiqui. He is a LinkedIn guru who will be helping us better to understand the platform, why it's so useful for us, and particularly for newcomers. I hope you have a good week. Stay safe, stay stay healthy, stay well. See you next time. Thank you for joining us this week for the Leadership Leap. Liam Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you make a successful leap into leadership. 